Grand Moth Tarkin. I am honored by your visit. Hey guys, just wanted to let you know this episode of Grand Moth Tarkin is brought to you by Kraft Macaroni and Cheese. If you bring the ooey, we'll bring the gooey. Hey guys, it's Grand Mob Talkin', delicately curated, long form discussion of the internationally mm-hmm. beloved Star Wars saga, tailored to the modern fanatic. Brought to you lovingly in weekly increments by the loquacious yet soothing voices of your host, Riley. Hi. Jasmine. Hello. Jake. Craft Boy RD Beefaroni Mail Me. <laughs> and me, Isaac, who I just wanted to let you know, remind you to like and subscribe below and click the link above to go to previous videos. So, no. guys, what is going on we're I feel differently if i can say something i no. feel like we had the opportunity to accumulate some new listeners who might have been searching around itunes for the last jedi and we lost them <laughs> within one second of this episode True. <laughs> well, what True. about mr the the craft macaroni and cheese empire when they're flipping around are you eating while you're talking right now are you talking while you're scolding me is my (laughs) next question it's an excellent question and i won't respond to it the next question i have is this guys uh how's how's star wars been for you lately it's been a while since we've talked in person we're still not in person yeah Yeah. (laughs) by the way that still hasn't happened good point well (laughs) you you know what in this day and age of technology I, i can't tell the difference anymore so as we're talking on the internet how are you riley i don't know I'm okay. I'm still like adjusting levels because, of course, Isaac's podcast voice is five thousand times louder <laughs> than his normal voice. So, uh, other than that, I'm fine. Good, I'm, Jasmine. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty in. good. Oh. I got some beer. I'm happy. Great, Jake. Yeah. What's uh, what's your life shaping out to be these days? What's it shaping out to be? It's shaping out to be just a a real paradise up here, guys. <laughs> Your uh, wedding is fast approaching, like a thirteen days, my good friend. Whoa! That means I get to go on vacation in fourteen days. Where are you going, boy? After my wedding? Yeah, I would leave the day of your wedding, but oh, brother, you're (laughs) getting married, so yeah, true. Thanks for, thanks for being a trooper. Yeah. Hey, stormtroopers are in Star Wars. I don't know if we've mentioned before, but it's been so long since we talked. And it's been many viewings of The Last Jedi have gone through our eyes, ears, it's hearts. It's been many viewings of The Last Jedi have gone through our <laughs> eyes, is what you just said. Mm-hmm. I trust the listeners to uh, keep up. That's that's what I do. I don't condescend our listeners with normal sentence structure. So how many times have we seen it, guys? Riley, how many times have you seen The Last Jedi? I might be the lowest here. I think I've only seen it four times. Oh, no, I wow. beat you. I only saw it three. Oh, mm. oh wow. Yeah. Jacob? Six. Seven, guys. I don't know if you win or lose. I'm a lonely boy. (laughs) On your perspective. Hashtag am writing. Here's the thing. Wait, do we have have to groom the old pod before we get too far? Oh, for sure. So we, in this pod grooming segment, we have a new email from, well, he used to be two-time Rob. But now he's known as three-time Rob because this is the third time that Robert has sent us an email. We're a charming show. Yeah, well, he's a charming man. How many times Robert has timed us is always one more than the times he's emailed us. 
So sure. his third time email is going to make him fourth time Rob. Neil deGrasse Isaac up in here. <laughs> he likes to stop by every now and again, Neil deGrasse Isaac. You gotta and watch out for him. A little troubling. <laughs> so I'm going to email. Ahead. I'm going to read this email from Robert. Hey guys. It's been a while since I've written into the show. I hope everything is going well and that you all had some great holidays these last couple of weeks. Gotta say, I love that you guys have added Jasmine to the show. That's for you, Jasmine. My heart's melting. <laughs> She's I, a oh, you you read this, Jasmine? <laughs> Wait, what? You haven't read this? She no, doesn't have the I, email. You don't Catherine. give me access to anything, and none of you, you can communicate with me outside of Discord. Your heart desires. <laughs> Jasmine just and got to your really credit, loud. You could probably guess the. Uh, you could probably guess the password if you really wanted to. <laughs> if anyone wants to hack into our email, the password is really easy to guess. Feel free. It's three time Rob. Six <laughs> All right, I'm gonna finish this email, which predates him emailing us, which is pretty impressive. She is a great addition to this podcast, and I can't wait to hear more from her. Good luck. Also, the good luck was for me. <laughs> also, I wanted to give you guys the exclusive rights to my thoughts on The Last Jedi. We got exclusive here. This is apropos. Yeah. And we have exclusive to reference uh, our apropos own show. Damn run. <laughs> apropos, <No>. Dameron. <laughs> I thought this movie was freaking amazing. From the opening shot to the very... He's keeping it kid-friendly. From the opening shot to the very end with the kid and his lightsaber broom, I was hooked for the whole movie. I laughed, cried, and felt all the emotions while I was eating my gummy worms and drinking my way-too-expensive drink called The Dark Side. Some of my favorite oh. moments. R2 showing Luke the message from Leia. I teared up. The slow-mo mm -hmm. moment when Rey and Kylo are back-to-back -back about to fight the Praetorian Guards. Chewy about to eat the roasted pork and then feeling bad looking at the live ones and so many more. I gotta say, I'm down with Ray's parents being nobody. It makes her more compelling because <laughs> Joe that she knows. Uh oh, that doesn't Pardon? Make sense. Because Joe Robert, that she knows, she still chooses to fight because she has this power and knows it is the right thing to do. Uh, man, I can't believe how awesome this movie was. Anyway, I'll go for now and email again if I think of anything else. On a separate note, I think you guys should do more tool-playing game episodes. I think that's supposed, <laughs> to, I think that's supposed to be role-playing me. <laughs> Excuse us. <laughs> I think you meant role-playing games, but I like, I sure so. like tool-playing games. I love the crazy characters you guys come up with, and listening to the story is really entertain entertaining. May the force be with you, Robert. Good stuff, Robert. God, I just talked for like an hour, it feels like. No, I um, do appreciate it. It's always nice to hear someone who liked this movie because we may be talking about people who did not like this movie today. Oh. We very well may. And, you know, and it's also... always nice to hear that people appreciate the little amount that I talk. It's nice <laughs> to hear. Oh, we're definitely going to let Jasmine talk a lot right now. Uh-huh. This whole episode. No. When I you say right up. now, do you mean after I say something? Well, yeah, sure. Go ahead. I Mike. have some iTunes reviews pulled up. <laughs> We actually do have a new review that um, is exciting. I I didn't see this before right now. So <laughs> we have two new reviews. I'm going to blaze through them. Two new so, reviews? Play the two I, new reviews, son. <laughs> uh, 
going to make it to the actual content of the episode nobody <laughs> maybe this is the content well maybe it was jkhead maniac on itunes who said i think they like star wars and gave it five stars and it's this review says i very much enjoy the derailment of conversation the boy this is good to read the weird analogies and of course the hottest of takes in this time of negativity it is great to find people who still genuinely love star wars and want to keep things on a positive side keep it up y'all Aww. That's cool. I'm glad you think so. Or she. Now, can you tell the gender by the name? Are they a Jakehead? Because <laughs> Jakehead Maniac. Are, do you have fans called Jakeheads? Whoa. <laughs> I didn't even think of that. It is literally J and then K E D Maniac. So yeah. it does not appear to be yeah. Jakehead. <laughs> but you do love Radiohead on the show. So it, it makes sense that people might have put those two things together. Now, we have one more, and then we can we can stop grooming the pod. Um, <laughs> and the the title is something that really warms my heart. Um, it says GMT is a podcast that exists. <laughs> and it, we got five stars. It's from Dark Knight DG. Um, I came to this podcast hoping for Ryan Gosling news, but all they talk about is some movies called Star Wars. Very entertaining. You should probably listen. These reviews we don't get a lot of them, but when we do, they're good. They're so inside <laughs> podcast. They really are. You know no. what? In 10 years, we might get up to 50 listens or 50 <laughs> reviews. <laughs> we get more than 50 listens. We should Jake, this review by Dark Knight DG brings up a point of contention, though. Uh-oh. You mm-hmm. were supposed to write a new description for our podcast oh. like three months ago, and I, I still don't have that. So when you search I for our podcast. I told you that I couldn't think of anything else to write. <laughs> when you, Literally. We, but now we I have a new host. That. You know, we definitely need to have one for the new host. Yeah, yes, that's we true. need also, a new podcast guys, description. What? Um, when you go on your Twitter, it's just a picture of you three. Oh, we need to get a picture of you. Oh, we can are... we <laughs> Photoshop your head on like one of the books or something? <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it. Oh, just like you, like kind of like leaning in, giving a thumbs up. Hey, um, hey, 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 uh-huh. hey. News Hello. that I want to talk is that we are done with pod grooming. No, we're not. We're not. There oh, is still man. one stray strand of hair that needs to be put back into its little coif, which is Quas. that coif. <laughs> you guys always Your argue turn. about words. <laughs> with friends. Mm. Is it possible to argue about things not using words? No, I guess oh, fists. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, if you would go on to the, the website tpublic.com, Search Grand Moff Talkin' um, into the toolbar, and then hit the search button on that toolbar. You are not only going to get the uh, the legacy version of our Grand Moff Talkin' t-shirts, <laughs> but there may just be two extra t-shirts there now there for your buying pleasure. By the way, T-Public... Designed by iTunes user Jazzy. T-Public is going through a lot of strife right now about copyright infringement, so they, no, might, they might be in That's trouble why soon. I... Well, just take the shirt down. How about... Riley, remember that one shirt that literally just says Grand Moff Tarkin on it? Yeah, that was that was a great shirt. End of pod grooming. Into the content of the episode. Mm-hmm. So, guys, here's the thing. Long time has last Jedi been in theater. And here's the thing. <laughs> there have been positive and negative reactions. And if there's anything that this podcast likes to do is to do a little thing that we like to kind of refer to as complaining about complaints that people have. 
That is not what we refer to it as. Well, here I, I'm getting there. I'm, you, you just got to come on the trolley with me and put your butt on the trolley and just wait till it rumbles to a stop. So, All right. I'm sitting next to you. We want to shorten trolley. it up a little bit. Hey, buddy, I can feel your butt cheeks on mine. Good. Oh. And the, <laughs> rumble tumble. So, <laughs> complaint, complaint. Is a way we like to shorten up that little turn of phrase. And when we say complain, complain, we want to talk about complaints and we want to complain about those complaints. And also, I would like to say that this episode also, the, based on the, the topical quality of the content we're going to be talking about, would qualify as a news gun ray. Oh, <laughs> great. No. My lord, is that legal? I don't think so. That's good news. No need to report that. You have to put it in. You have not put it in like the last 10 times you said it. I know. You, you never put it in, Riley. <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, do we have a complaint complaint song? I can't remember. We do, and I think okay. it's on the Phasma episode. I'll find it. And try Just it. make a new one. Oh, I got no, no, it's a good one. So about. We don't need a new I didn't, one. I didn't, mean, I didn't one. mean you. I was, yeah, doing, I was doing a, a new version. Yeah, we didn't need it. Would you like to workshop some new ones? No. Oh, we got to complain about a complaint, 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 complaint. Can I start a complaint, complaint about you doing this right now? Not particularly, no. <laughs> okay. Take it up with the complaint department, buddy. <laughs> I'm getting off this trolley. Now, I think the idea of an episode of us, like, complaining for an hour sounds really awful. So I want... <laughs> it sounds really different from our normal show. <laughs> All that, too. But I, I think we can talk about this in a civil way, other than just, like saying, well, this person had this theory, and this is why that's wrong. I think it's a very interesting thing that happened with this movie in, in a larger context of why it is so divisive. So yes. I think if we focus on that aspect of the movie, it will be less torturous for the mm -hmm. listeners. I think what really uh, led to this was more or less like the thesis statement, kind of, that the people who didn't like this movie are like have their way of complaining. But the thing is though, it's not just the people who didn't like this movie, it's also the people who really liked it who have taken the position of you're like a a useless dolt if you didn't get every little bit of nuance yes. in this movie. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so it, it's really coming from both sides where this movie has really made like most a bad of that unlikable. Ugh. I would like to <laughs> Can I follow up on that, Isaac? Because Buddy, I'm I'm with you. oh, you know what? I'm getting back on the trolley. I hate this bit, and I'm stopping it right now. Got him. Um, I, I, this movie, the reaction to the movie, I love the movie, but the reaction to it, it has caused me to kind of hate <laughs> everything about Star Wars that is not Star Wars itself. It's kind of, the fandom has really bummed me out on this, both mm -hmm. sides of it, as you said. And like, one of the, not to name names, but one of like the prominent members of the to use a cringy term, the fan community. <laughs> um, and this is a sentiment that's been echoed by a lot of different people. Like he said in a very popular tweet that like part of the problem and the reason why people don't understand the last Jedi is an issue with film literacy, basically saying that if you don't like the movie, it's because you're illiterate from a film standpoint. And like that kind of attitude is just as toxic as people who hate the movie and hate everything about it. Like, if you think that everybody's an idiot who doesn't like the movie, then you're not really helping anything. So I, I think that as we talk about this movie, um, I might be playing devil's advocate a little bit because 
I think what's being lost in translation a little bit is just the concept of personal taste. And there are just some people who have different taste in things, and it's not all about not understanding. And I think there's a difference because there was a, I think it's pretty much a fact at this point, there was an effort by a vocal minority of fans to ruin the Rotten Tomatoes user score. Um, yeah. So there, there's a group out there that does not deserve to have their complaints listened to because they went into this movie with that plan to destroy it because they don't believe in the direction that Disney's going and they hate the it's probably feminization the same group of it. That and... tried to remove it from the canon. Yeah, exactly. Oh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So th that that's not the group of people that we're talking about. You should hear their side of the argument. But there are legitimate complaints that people have with the movie, and that's fine. I might not agree with them, but you know, you're allowed to have an opinion. Yeah, and I would like to, me personally. Sometimes we like to talk about ourselves personally on the show. You personally? I would, me personally. As I would a like to try to, be, as a person and as a podcaster who does the news. Gunray. Gunray. I would like. My lord. Is that legal? I don't think so. That's good news. No need to report that. Like to get into. <laughs> I'd like to maybe give a closer look to some of the complaints to see if they hold water because I think a lot of this movie really does hold up well to criticism. Mm -hmm. But I, I would like to just kind of give people a, a fair shake in terms of the issues they have with it. Mm -hmm. Jasmine, where do you stand on all of the insanity surrounding the reception of the movie? You know, I've kind of just like shut myself off from it because like Luke, you are so much smarter than us. Yeah, Bold move that. Yeah, so uh, yeah, a lot of the stuff you're going to be talking about today, I honestly haven't heard about. It'll be the first time I'm hearing about it, just because I didn't want people to ruin this movie for me. I wanted to go in and I wanted to watch it, and I wanted to decide for myself if I liked it. Like y'all, y'all like drama way too much, I think. Well, that's it. Us personally, <laughs> you personally. I mean, we are. On I Twitter, accept. Right? Yeah. True. Yeah, and I'm not on Twitter for that reason. So, I'm go. probably going to delete my Twitter account. I, mm -hmm. I honestly will because it has made me kind of. It started to make me question the, the fact that we do this show. To be honest with you, maybe like <laughs> feel like, are we part of this stupid problem? Because I hate this so much, and yet we do a show where we talk and complain about Star Wars all the time. Um, I just want to talk about a step old back. Star Wars. Canon. Yeah. Legends. That's true. Mm, let's do which it. is that's a whole other matzo ball because like. <laughs> We're not. We're happy that the new canon is the new canon, but there's just so much more to talk about in old canon that it just there's just more like, of it. It that sounds exists. more fun. Yeah, and a lot of it's bad, but it's fun to talk about. That's what that I think. True. People don't realize how bad the old canon was. So when they're provided this new canon material that is different but also good, they just completely let it go over their heads. They don't give it a chance. It's not what they wanted, and ruined for them. Do you think that part of, like, the consternation with Luke Skywalker could have been the fact that in ODU, not only was he a superhero demigod, but also he had so many novels, comics, whatever, to oh, be fleshed out? 100%. Like, and absolutely. This, yeah, you got two, two and a half hours of Luke Skywalker in the new canon before he dies. You know, I, I feel, though, that one of the things that I enjoyed about the what Ryan Johnson did was that little speech that Luke gives about, you know, Luke Skywalker legend, how that led to his downfall, is it it, it validates all the, the legends about Luke Skywalker. Like if you want to still 
have those legends and have all of your favorite Luke Skywalker old canon stories, you can have that. Like it, it says that like he was that legend that you read about old canon. He, he, he was that guy. We're just now so far in the future that he is no longer where he was, but it's not saying that he was, he immediately went from return of the Jedi to being some schlub. He, there was a period where he was, if anything, if anything, this movie makes me hopeful that we're going to get some new canon material of Luke between, like, you know, the new trilogy, of course. You know, where we see him either training or before he's training all of his Padawans. Like, I want to see him then when people were first hearing about these legends, I guess. Yeah, because uh, there is so much material in the... Just the one little line where Luke says, I knew that Snoke had already turned his heart. The fact that Luke already knew about the threat that Snoke was before Kylo had fully turned is just like that whole little three-way, like, uh, heroes, villains, like that dynamic right there. Just Snoke, Luke, and Ben in the years leading up to Ben's turn. Like, there is so much potential content there. They can't not tap into that here very soon, you have to think. The can thing I, that is, oh, yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. Can I play devil's advocate for the people who are upset with how Luke is now? Yes, sure. Um, no. Oh, okay. No, I'm going to say it. Anyway. <laughs> um, new canon right. feels very different from Legends. It's not just that the stories are different and everything, but th- there's a there's a different tone in all of these movies, even in The Force Awakens, which is... It's it's close to the tone of the old ones, but there's there's just something about it, and I think the thirty year jump has a lot to do with it. They just feel very different from the old legends material, and I think that turns a lot of people off of of the new stuff just immediately because we're we're gonna talk about this some later because Jake has an apology to us, the oh, three of us. I but, do actually. But when you watch new scenes in even in the last Jedi, which is still my favorite Star Wars movie, when you go to Canto Bight and you watch that scene, it doesn't always feel like Star Wars. And it's not necessarily a bad thing because it feels cool. It's something new and and they couldn't keep Star Wars going forever just by working off the nostalgia of legends. But when you're first watching it and you have an idea of what Star Wars has been for your whole life, this feels very different. And if you don't open yourself up to it, it can it can be jarring well and i think a thing is the old legends canon these these people were still living legends every couple years they were still saving the galaxy from some huge threat (laughs) (laughs) and now in this movie it's been 30 years they actually are legends now people don't know the truth about them anymore and they're just off doing their own things it's it's really different to me, that's kind of what I enjoy about the fact that the old canon has just been relabeled as legends because it anything you want to be true can be true if you just approach everything as a legend that has multiple interpretations. Um, but c- can I circle back on your devil's advocacy that you just engaged in there, sure. Riley? Um, because <laughs> I... I felt that yesterday for the first time. I, I rewatched Last Jedi um, again with Christina yesterday, and it was. I felt um, in Canto Bite and in in everything. Uh, we've been rewatching the prequels, 
which she hadn't seen since they were in the theater. So that's been kind of interesting. And what I'm noticing now, contrasting the prequels with new with uh, the sequel trilogy, is that you're genuinely getting new information that moves the story of Star Wars. And what the prequels were, were just filling in the gaps and uh, giving a backstory to existing things we already cared about. And so it was adding new wrinkles to an existing thing as opposed to like kind of creating a new story. Like we already kind of knew what happened to Vader and it was just telling that story now. And now this is definitively stating like this is Luke Skywalker. This is what happened to him. This is where he's up. And th these are new characters. These are new parts of the galaxy. And I think for people who grew up with the prequels and the original trilogy before that, it's been a really long time since the movies did something new that actually moved the Skywalker saga forward instead of backward or in between. And that just takes some adjustment. Yeah, I definitely yeah. agree with that. Yeah, it is. It's, it, it is like kind of, I think maybe some of the consternation does come from the fact that you don't know where the story is going. So you kind of just have to trust that the creators are, are going to create. Cause that's, where we view these all in like in trilogies. And so nine is going to go a really long way into like, if people are going to view it as a, a satisfying trilogy, because I've heard also the, the kind of complaint about this new trilogy that so far it doesn't feel like, like there's a, a super big reason maybe for it to exist because we know why the prequels existed. That was about the, from Anakin to Vader. And then we know why the original trilogy was there from like Luke becoming the character he was and then Darth Vader turning back at the very end. And so it's just like, we, we figure that this new trilogy is going to be where Ray or Kylo or someone else is going to end up starting in one place and end up in a completely different place, but we just don't know yet. And I think that not knowing gets people a little bit uneasy because you, you expect maybe some answers in the last Jedi that you didn't get, or you weren't satisfied by them. And so now it's like all up to episode nine to, answer a, a question that you had or to see where this trilogy was going to ultimately end up. It's almost sad a little bit because it's like people are just like the very idea. Oh no. I, I, idea, <laughs> the very idea, which is a new word I just made up. It's a Star Wars idea. Character. Very idea. <laughs> very idea um, from the book Canto Bite, which we love and you should buy 10 copies of it. Mm -hmm. uh, the very idea of like, new information is just like it wrinkles people's brains like and i don't mean that in a condescending way because it does for us too like it's a lot to take in when you analyze every movie to death for decades and then somebody says oh and then a new thing happens you're like what 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 what, what? but like when the original trilogy was coming out there was no I, like star wars was pretty self-contained so when they announced a sequel to it, people were like, well, what's that even going to be? They blew up the Death Star. What's there left to do? And then at the end of Empire, it's like, what's like, what do, what do you do? They get Han and then what? What's, what is that movie? So it, it's just like we're now in the position of people that were watching the original trilogy. But for most people who did not grow up watching them in theaters, we just don't know what that sensation is like. This might be kind of related, but kind of not. I'm not sure. Go for it. But 
the one of the biggest hangups for people I've seen is that we don't have a Skywalker hero. We we don't have someone with that name Skywalker attached to them, which we've had in all the other movies. And you can you can argue with them all you want. Well, Ben is technically he has Skywalker blood in him. He's fine, but no, he's a solo. And that is one of the weirdest, oddest complaints to me. But now, like, just listening to, like, Jake talk about some stuff and hang-ups, I can see people um, connecting that with how they don't feel like this is Star Wars. Like, it doesn't feel like it attaches to the rest of the story just because there's not a Skywalker. I don't know. I can see people feeling that way and thinking that way now. Which, to me, feel is silly. It feels silly to me. Yeah. But, but I can see it. Like, my yeah, dad is one of them, my infamous dad. <laughs> <laughs> infamous, the dad. Yep, he's infamous, um, the dad. What I would say is, yeah, I can definitely see that. And even for myself, too, like, I just, like, on first watch, maybe, of Last Jedi, I kind of turned my head sideways at the fact that this, like, by Lucasfilm themselves, they promote this as the continuation of the Skywalker saga. And so that's the way it's being presented to us. But that's, again, where I think Episode Nine comes in where if you have episode one as the introduction to the Skywalkers and episode nine as like the conclusion of the Skywalkers, I think that's going to be a nice, nice tight package that people can at least wrap their heads around. Because yeah, as of now, it does seem like the Skywalkers are just being hung out on a string because Luke's dead. And now you have Ben who, who knows what he's going to be. And so, yeah, I, but I think though, like that is an odd complaint though. If, if they specifically want a Skywalker to be the hero of the story, I think it is kind of nice to have like kind of the inverse as you're going to end the Skywalkers with one of them as the villain. Cause I mean, that would give a great justification for them having to end. And so I think storytelling wise, it could ultimately work out, but that's again, the whole like not knowing thing. It's just, especially people like our age, you were born with like knowing that there's like the Zahn trilogy and several other novels. And it just, the whole entire saga beyond return of the Jedi got fleshed out to a, a, a crazy extent in the old EU. And so now that you're, you don't have much of that, and all these aftermath novels don't really tie into the Skywalkers that hardcore. So it is, it's just, there's a lot you don't know right now that you just kind of have to trust that this brand new story group that has nothing to do with like the old guard, like sometimes for the most part, that that can be a little scary. Yeah, I'm just really hoping we get some more books in the next year or so, because I, I am one of those Skywalker like fanatic people. I really love their family and their storyline and I want more information on them. And I feel like we haven't gotten any because of the information like shut off that came with episode seven. I, I think that like what's weird to me is I, I guess I mean before I was super tuned in to the fandom and everything, um around the time when they announced The Force Awakens, that's kind of when I rediscovered my love for Star Wars and everything. Before that, I never heard it referred to as the Skywalker saga. And I never saw it as that. I, I never necessarily was like, oh, well, Star Wars is about the Skywalkers. I always just saw it as a, a, a universe and stories within it. Hmm. And Luke Skywalker was never even my favorite character in the movies. So I was – it is a complaint that confused me at first. But for me, the the exciting thing. While, while I understand why a person would be confused, like, oh, well, great, Skywalker's dead. I, I heard this on a Red Letter Media video, which is not a, a thing that anyone should ever hear uh, because they shouldn't <laughs> watch them. But 
they they were like Star Wars isn't for us anymore. We're old timers. We're ancient. Star Wars. They, they they killed off Luke Skywalker. They're moving on to new things. They're they're done with the things that we liked about Star Wars. And that is the attitude that some people have. But that is so crazy to me because the, the the thing that is exciting is that the movie very clearly sets up that Luke Skywalker will live on in some other more powerful way. Like he says as much. He says no one's ever really gone. That he'll become more powerful than you know he could ever imagine. And the fact that Ray is a nobody is really interesting because it bring it it, it makes Star Wars big again. It, it makes the universe a bigger place. Like the the thing that's surprising to me is that the same people that hate the sequels seem to be the same people who hated the prequels. And a and a common complaint about the prequels was that it made the universe too small, that everything was too interconnected and that everybody was related. Like people didn't like that, you know, Anakin built C3PO and all these little connections that just made everything feel smaller. And so The Last Jedi, to me, seemed like it took several steps to make sure that things were bigger and that there were more potential stories for Star Wars as a whole. But then people seem to be rejecting that. It's just strange. It's almost like people only like to not like things. (laughs) (laughs) It is like that. You know what we should do is to break down certain complaints that we have heard. Um, and As maybe host, we could all I talk about it. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry <laughs> but... We're all co-hosts on this big spinning circle, Cotterth. Hey, Cotterth. <laughs> the, um... <laughs> also, Isaac, the, um... like 15 minutes ago, Isaac said Skywalker and, instead of Skywalker. <laughs> and I wanted to bring it up. There was just never a moment, but I'm, I want to bring it up right now that he said Squawker. I think Squawker Media. is the name of the parrot from the Donkey Kong games, but... I can't confirm that. One complaint. What's a common complaint? The complaint complaint that I would like to talk about. The complaint complaint. No, there's, we already have a song, and we already are in the segment for the entire episode. <laughs> the complaint that is most interesting to me, and the one that I think is the most valid, because it is so subjective, is the humor. Um, the fact that there's too much of it, that it was overly reliant on humor... Um, that complaint is really interesting to me, and I'm sick of hearing defenders of the movie saying, but all the movies have humor, and they all have goofy humor, as if everybody has the same sense of humor. Like The, the thing that I feel is that although the humor works for me in this movie, I think it probably does have more humor than any other Star Wars movie per square inch, and more like overt, jokey joke kind of humor. And if that doesn't resonate with you, then there are a lot more things in the movie to dislike because there's just a lot of it. Um, how do you guys feel about the, the humor situation? I was going to say, speaking as the one who, like, on upon initial viewing, had the most problem with the humor, I will say that I think a lot of the people with the most problem with the humor probably saw this movie once because I do think that there is so much going on in this movie, as I compared before, it's almost like you got someone like like poking you in like the temple while you're trying to watch the movie. Just with all the jokes, you're trying to keep everything straight, all these plot lines, all these characters, and then you just got like joke after joke. But I really think upon subsequent viewings, for me at least, the humor really settled into the rest of the story. 
And I think it actually worked really well because I compared this movie kind of to Revenge of the Sith, where I think Revenge of the Sith kind of suffered for me a little bit because there's so much lack of levity, like outside of that first like scene where they're trying to get on the invisible hand and you got R2 like lighting battle droids on fire. You got like a bunch of yuck yucks in the first half hour of Revenge of the Sith. <laughs> And then it just like kind of like drops off dramatically and into yuck, into like, yucks. Into yeah, suck. It's, so here's the thing. But yeah, after a while though, Revenge of the Sith kind of loses its sense of humor and it's kind of like a, a, a lot to, to wade in. But with The Last Jedi, the persistent jokes to me kind of actually work for it because it is a bit of a heavier movie thematically. And so those jokes kind of work to break up the tension in, for me, uh, a satisfying way. And even stuff like upon first viewing for me, like Luke Skywalker throwing the lightsaber over his shoulder, like that was jarring. You got like a theater full of people who were like laughing at that. But as you watch that movie more, to me, it becomes less and less funny, like not in terms of like this joke landed, but I don't even think it was necessarily meant as a 100% joke because that ends up like fitting in with kind of Luke Skywalker's character. Because you think about the, from Luke at the beginning of this movie to Luke at the end of this movie, what other move did he have except to toss that lightsaber or something of that that type? I mean, that was kind of almost like a move I want to say he had to make because we'll get into that later. How about how? What's he gonna do? Hand Brian... it back to her? Yeah. So it was like <laughs> there's not many options, and so stuff like that. Okay, it makes sense now. And then I thought the after a while, like the caretakers became my favorite part of that movie in terms of like funny things, and I thought thought the porgs were nicely dispersed and. You had little, uh, the whole general hugs thing never really bothered me either, even on the first viewing, because it is like it, it's Poe's thing. Like he just makes yeah. fun of the antagonist. I think it also, once again, it's supposed to speak to the fact that the First Order is like the the modern bad guy of like some crazy neo-Nazi who like, as an individual, like you just kind of laugh at his face, but you have to be kind of nervous about what the collective could do. So that's kinda- it, it, Hux does kind of look like every alt-right youtuber personality like he and kylo ren look exactly like those kinds of idiots on the internet (laughs) like (laughs) that kind of really struck me the last time because i've been watching um a lot more youtube not alt-right videos but like (laughs) takedowns of those kinds of things and like why their insane worldview is completely flawed and so the only context i ever see it in is, is in people kind of calling them out but every time I see them, they all kind of look like Hux and Kylo. And I find that to be very pointed and interesting. But that is not the point at all. Yeah, so Jasmine. I'm on my point. Okay, so my complaint complaint is... So the entire um, decision for a Holdo not to tell Poe about the plan... Mm. Everyone has a complaint with that, and I feel mm. like there are so many reasons that you can bring up that make it totally reasonable why she would not tell someone in his position about that plan. For example, um, the one uh, Zeke always brings up is that... Um, Does Zeke hate Haldo- women? Does he not like this? Yeah, he hates women so much. Um <laughs> <laughs> Zikoi says that it's a possibility that Haldo didn't tell Poe about the plan because she didn't know um, if there were any spies on board the ship. At this point in time, they didn't, or at least we don't think, Haldo knew about the tracking. So what's your next, you know, possible 
thing you think of is, oh, we might have somebody relaying information to them where we're going. That's something you would want to keep close to the chest if you, you know, if you're in that position of power. Um, another thing, Poe was just recently demoted. He got so many people killed. There are so many reasons why Poe should not be entrusted with such high-level um, information. And yet people were just like, no, Poe's the good guy. He needs to know everything so that he can save the day and win the movie. Like, that's my yeah. complaint complaint. <laughs> to me, that ultimately, one... like, I thought, well, just, like, mine's real quick. Just my take on that whole thing was it was none of Poe's beeswax. Like, yeah. that's basically my whole thing. Like, I, that never really bothered me from the start. I mean, it's obvious. I mean, he, yeah, like you said, he caused a bunch of ruckus, got a bunch of people killed, and she's in charge. So if, like, one... if they had told him what exactly what the thing was and everyone saved the day and everyone was happy that to me that would have fallen into the um the problem that i don't like with jj abrams movies is things happen because they need to happen and to mm. me that that would have felt like that and i probably would have had more of a problem with it than what they did what just felt realistic to me can i mention something that was that really stood out to me in this rewatch please which is I, thank you so much. <laughs> what I noticed, and of course, it's something that everybody has noticed by now. But like, it's a genuinely interesting thing for a movie to do—not just a Star movie—and that's what makes me respect it even more. Which is that this movie is so like intricately plotted, and everything has to naturally follow the next thing. Like any good Star Wars movie, the plot is really tightly wound. Um, the mission is really clear. Haldo is clearly painted as the bad guy who doesn't understand why our young male hero is always right all the time, even though he kills everybody. And that Rose and Finn need to go on this very specific mission to get this guy to do this thing. And the whole movie follows this plot line really tightly. And it all builds into this moment where Rose goes into the first order ship and it's, you know, DJ is like, you're up. And she goes in to disable the hyperspace tracking, and then the plan falls apart. And all of that stuff was for nothing. And in fact, everything gets worse, and a lot of people die. And that's a genuinely interesting thing, because I, I think that that's a complaint that people have, is, well, if everything nothing failed, then why, yeah. then why did we need to see it? But what's great upon rewatch is that all of the things that you thought were just plot details are really character details, like all that intricate plotting is really intricate character work kind of disguised as plot. So yes, that plot failed, but all of the information was necessary because it sent the characters on a really interesting journey and taught them lessons that they need by the end. You're welcome. The Thank even you. sillier complaint that like goes with this one is that if Faldo had told Poe told po about the plan, told um, the Poe, the po, <laughs> <laughs> um, they wouldn't have had to go to Canto Bite, and then we wouldn't have had the Canto Bite scene, and you know, because everyone hates that apparently. So, I just okay. <laughs> Another complaint, complaint. Okay. People Hold hate on. Canto Bite. No, you can't go twice. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, no, this no. Is quick. No, no, no. No, little baby. Okay, little baby, baby complaint. Okay, baby. Leave the baby little, in little baby the crib. Everybody complained in the Force Awakens that the planets were unoriginal and rehashes of existing things. And yet the one plan in this movie to be really different and interesting, people are like, ah, hey, it's too prequely. Continue with the podcast. Yeah, I didn't interesting. even think it too I didn't even consider it too prequely because it didn't have aliens. 
<laughs> there it is. Craziness. You guys are crazy. Anyway, here's the, like the one thing I want to say about once again about the Poe Holdo thing. On my last watch of the movie, I noticed like it's it's tremendous. Like the way Ryan Johnson wrote this. I had actually I can't verify this. I had heard that um like Commander Dacey and Holdo like basically say the plan right in front of Poe and he doesn't realize. But what I noticed specifically was later on though, when Finn and uh Rose are telling him the plan, like to go on the first order ship, like Poe's like, okay, da 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 da. And he specifically says, like, we're not gonna tell Holdo because she wouldn't agree with it. This is a need to know plan. She doesn't need to know. So he ends up perfectly explaining why Holdo <laughs> isn't telling Poe her plan. So it, it's really just in reverse. If Poe once again would get his head out of his cockpit, as Leia put it, he would have realized why po Holdo wasn't telling him what was going on because he wouldn't like it. And it's a need to know plan that Poe doesn't need to know. That is a very good observation. That it, makes um, me happy and my life better. Thank you. The, the way the movie shakes out really shows how much growth Poe needed to go through because they do explain the plan in vague terms. They say um, they say something to the effect that we need to stay alive long enough to find an old rebel base or somewhere we can hide, something like that. So it's in vague terms. They don't specifically plot out what they're going to do to Poe. They don't say, okay, well, there's this rebel base named Crate. It's not on any plane, blah, blah, blah. They don't do that. They just say, here's the plan in vague terms. You're underneath us. We're the gen I'm, the, I'm the general. You have to follow my orders. And Poe doesn't accept that. So it's the, it's the kind of growth that Poe needs to go through. He needs to realize he need, that he has to respect the chain of command that he's not quite at the point where he needs to be to be a leader because Holdo isn't worried, like Leia says, isn't worried with being the hero. She's worried about making sure the resistance survives, and he's just not quite at that point yet. I really liked what Jasmine brought up because it's something that I thought about too, which is that like there would be a real issue of trust on that ship after the hyperspace tracking happened. Like Only Rose knows that that technology is a thing that exists. The rose she knows. It to fizz. The rose knows. To fizz. To fin. <laughs> and then they <laughs> nose goes. Rose knows. Rose and fizz. Rose and fizz go. <laughs> then they immediately go and tell Poe, and then they go on a secret mission. But like, to anybody else's perspective, the obvious conclusion would be that somebody on that ship is a mole that is feeding information to the First Order. So it makes sense that she would not trust people. You know what the things you know what I find to be the biggest irony in all of this is that a lot of like the, the petulant fanboys who don't like that a woman was telling a guy what to do this whole movie. All this was setting up for the guy to be the general of the whole entire thing in episode nine, pretty much, because it's going <laughs> to it's going to this whole entire experience will validate his character becoming a competent general in episode nine. Yeah, that's kind of true. Yeah, that's true. And if you think that Luke Skywalker is just dead and won't be in episode nine, then you're insane. I mean, we haven't heard Riley or Isaacs. Uh, Did I have to say something? I don't know quiet. if I have a specific complaint complaint. Holdo has been my, my main one that I don't understand why people don't like Holdo. Um, I, Ooh, I, get... I know one that we haven't talked about. Well, just briefly on Holdo. Um, yeah. May I interject? No. Lots of people <laughs> say... Mentioned by Shan Mark. Not as much bickering as, as I would have thought. Parentheses so far. So guys, uh, get to the arguing. Get to the... Conflict. I, thought, I thought we were doing so good, guys. I guess not. 
What are you talking about? Can I yell at each other more? I thought we were bickering quite a bit. <laughs> well, not enough for Shan Merck, so uh, up the ante a little bit. Did she say that All right, somewhere? Riley, you idiot. On that. Twitter. Get oh. going, you idiot. Oh, on Twitter. <laughs> oh. Twitter. Okay, I've seen the the complaint that people say Akbar should have been the one. He's an established character. He's the <laughs> one who should be exactly in, in charge be. there. But I, that that completely loses the point of 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 Poe's journey. If Akbar was the one in charge and he told Poe, "We've got a plan," Poe would be like, "Okay," and, and that's it. It's you, the where does your movie like, go? Uh, Oh, you should be listening to Akbar. That's obviously he knows what he's doing. Like, like we wouldn't be taking Poe's side, which is the whole point. Right. What we're as much as Poe is getting fooled into believing Holdo has bad plans for the ship, we're supposed to believe that Holdo is not the one in charge. It turns out that if you watch the movie all the way through with an open mind, you see that Holdo was right all along, and you're supposed to come over to that side. Unfortunately, lots of people aren't doing that, but, you know, that's the point of having Holdo in that row and not someone like Akbar. It's almost like a professional writer knows, like, or they see the entire picture of the movie instead of just <laughs> one little fan revision that's going to, like, provide one little fist bump. Like, yeah, Akbar! What now? Like, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's what you would have run into, like, with all these different little revisions, like, yeah, look at this. So where do we go from here? Then There's it like... really just becomes entirely fan service, and yeah. that's that's horrible. And that Which is the thing that people about. said they didn't like about, <laughs> or about Force Awakens. Yeah, I think we're I think we're slowly uh, digesting this. Uh, what? We're slowly what? unpacking. You're the only one talking, bud. The complaint bag. <laughs> <laughs> Story of my life, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Story of my life. You know what I was thinking about with with Akbar is um, because I I do understand the desire to have this character have a more like ceremonious death instead of just dying off screen. But I was thinking about Dunkirk, which is a movie that um, was directed by Christopher Nolan, and therefore only idiots like it, according to maybe uh, somebody prominent on Twitter. But Dunkirk, your hair. <laughs> A joke only for us, but <laughs> um, and that's also my joke. So nice. Really, but you made that joke? The, yeah, <laughs> almost constantly during the I'm promotion. Of Dunkirk. <laughs> <laughs> so, one of the things I liked about that movie is, as a war movie, part of the point was that like it was very just unceremonious about characters dying. Like the all the characters. Like it would introduce people and you grow attached to them and just for just kind of no reason and very suddenly people would be gone because that's kind of how war is. And I think that this movie was trying to be way more of an explicit war movie than other Star Wars movies, which is why it makes sense to me that something, a, a character that prominent would just be dispatched with. So, Buddy, you're like, scratching my podcast itch. Well, I'm glad you let me finally talk. Huh. <laughs> so yeah, I, I absolutely agree with that. Yeah, you're you're dead on because it doesn't really. Because I, I saw also like on the flip side, everyone's like, like what are you so attached for? He's just the, it's a trap guy. You know what? Shut up your face because you're dumb. Like oh, it's it's, it's, o, it's okay to <laughs> like it's okay to like a character, but once again, not everyone gets a ceremonious death. Like Luke Skywalker got one, buddy. He got a really good one. So someone in this movie got a nice little exit, but it's not like every single character is going to get 
like an uh twin sons like disappearing in the in the twilight i guess what do people want like for people who didn't like the way luke was handled and wanted him are we going to luke well you brought up his death because people still don't like that and i'm just curious like that that moment uh, the fourth time that i watched it that moment still gives me the chills like it did the very first time like the ending, oh, I, uh, it's, I don't I understand how you can watch that ending and not think that this movie did right by luke skywalker it's it's baffling to me and what i want to know is because I, I like i said i understand not liking them taking this character who people their whole lives have known as a jedi master and a legend and scraped at everything and then turning him into something of a disgraced figure had to work his way back up but what would that movie have been what what is the movie where she goes and sees luke and he's like oh yeah i was just hanging out on this island um and everything's fine i'm gonna stay the day and i'm just gonna do everything <laughs> for now um you don't have to do anything more female protagonist you can just take a back seat while i'd be awesome and do all the cool stuff like what is that movie and i i that's what i kind of feel like for all these little nitpicky complaints it's like this, that would not have made for an interesting film. Yeah, like, that goes... would have made for a very boring, flashy fan film that you see on YouTube or don't see because they're all bad. Yeah, because I was going to say that's uh, that goes back to when they first started writing like episode seven. Remember, like there's plenty of like interviews with Michael Arndt where he kept talking about how he kept trying to put Luke into episode seven, but it never worked because every time you put Luke <laughs> into the story, all of a sudden he overpowers every other character in the story so you do have to remove luke and there has to be a reason for his removal so you can introduce him in an effective way because you can't just put him into a scene because he's just going to kill everybody and be awesome Mm -hmm. because he's a legend and the most delicious irony of all was finding out this art of book that it was lucas's idea all along to have him be secluded (laughs) on an island and have a female character Mm -hmm. approach him to train that was kind of the best part of that was like oh you wish Lucas was in charge. He would have done the same thing. I, I think it's interesting that if you're watching this movie and <clears throat> you wish that Luke um, hadn't run away and had come out of hiding and fixed the problems and um, if you just wish he was more active, like the movie kind of agrees with you. Like, everything gets solved and they survive in the end because Luke finally leaves his exile. Like the galaxy needs Luke Skywalker as a legend. The movie's agreeing with you. It's just Luke didn't. So in the end, it's like you're kind of justified in thinking that Luke needs to be a hero. He needs to inspire people because Luke eventually realizes, yeah, there's a lot of power in my legend, whether or not I like it and whether or not I feel like I can live up to it that that needs to be out there to inspire people so if you're if that's your complaint yeah the movie the movie's agreeing with you there bud yeah it's kind of ironic that another we, we were taught this lesson 40 years ago pretty much like a lot of the choices that luke makes are in line with what obi-wan talked about in episode four where he tells luke remember like they're all alternatives to fighting and luke clearly demonstrates that and obi-wan says if you strike me down and become more powerful than you can possibly imagine so we can see luke not only like get the implication that he's going to be so much more powerful now like now that he's one with a force but also i would contend that he basically got to select his death i mean i think if that like the energy expended like uh 
Astro projecting himself would have killed him. He would have died when he collapsed is what I would think. I think like he was able to get back up on that rock. He was able to cross his legs and look out at the sunset. And that's when he finally made peace with who he was and just died. So we got to see Luke like be true to his character by he threw down his lightsaber in, in Return of the Jedi. And he goes out by being true to that. And we see him become one with the Force, which supposedly, if you're a true Star Wars fan, you should know that, uh, yeah, becoming one with the Force, that's how you become like the most powerful Jedi you could possibly be. So I don't get it. Speaking as someone who Luke Skywalker is my favorite character in all of fiction, it's not even close. Like, I absolutely love what they did. And watching that last part with Luke just makes me blubber every time. Yeah, I never thought for a second that Luke just died there at all. He, like he, he, def- he definitely chose that that was his time and he knew it was fine. Yeah, he did the exact same thing that Obi-Wan did. Yeah. Obi-Wan probably could have escaped and gotten on the Falcon with him, but that's not what uh, Luke needed. He didn't need Obi-Wan to be physically there, and Rey doesn't need Luke to be physically there anymore. He can still He knows he can still help Rey from wherever he is. As the host, I would like to address one more complaint complaint we haven't hit yet, which is one of the bigger ones, which is... Space Leia! Oh. oh. I'm going to. I have another one after that. One, actually, I still mm. don't like Space Leia. You don't love Space Leia? I don't love Space Leia. Let me contend, as the one who brought this up, this was another kind of like, what the heck, when I first saw the movie. Like, it just didn't make any sense at all to me. But now watching it, what really helps is if, like, yeah, I, I do my own little fan edit in my head as I watch this movie. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> If you You're if you think Star to Wars yourself, fan. hey buddy, fan edits are the uh, the marsupials in the pouch of Lucasfilm Limited. So <laughs> the thing is, if you think back to Luke's little uh, monologue to her back in Return of the Jedi in the old Ewok village, when he tells her the Force was strong in my family, he's like, I have it. My father has it. My sister has it. We finally. I mean, it's that's another thing where I feel like people forever have wanted to see on screen leia use a force even though she basically did an empire like anytime like she was able to send something like that like she was using the force but literally like as ray said move objects more or less like because that's what for a lot of people what their view of the force is like joe on the street he thinks like if you move something or move your body <laughs> that's that's using the force and so leia finally <laughs> rocks. uses the force to pull herself into the ship and the way that uh, old J.W., Johnny Wills, John Williams, the maestro himself, just plucks so delicately <laughs> on literal strings and the figurative strings of our heart during that little part. You, you know what? what makes the scene work for me is the short cut to inside the ship, and you see Poe and Connix, and I don't remember who else is standing there, someone else. The Eloasty guy. Is that who it is? They, they see Leia pulling herself into the ship. And right in that moment, it works because this woman, and I want to talk about Leia someday. This woman. I, <laughs> I don't know if it fits no. into this discussion right here, but I want to talk about Leia and her ability to inspire people in new canon and how it's kind of a bummer for me. But... um. It's mm-hmm. it's that scene right there where the people who are closest to her and the people who are still the people who are still with her they have such a, an amount of respect for her and they they just like look so astonished in that in that moment 
as she's pulling herself into the ship. And for me, that's what makes it work. Not necessarily, I, I can just totally forget what it looks like to us. Every single point you're making is fine and good and is a redeeming quality of that scene. But I, theme, um, I literally just can't get past how it looks. I'm sorry. But it to looks them, but to Poe and Conics, it looks, it looks incredible. This scenes, is a Jedi. That's great. No, no, no. That's great. I love the scene with Poe. And I love, you You get the close-up on Leia's face right as she wakes up. I love all those scenes. But seeing her fly through space like Mary Poppins is not good. <laughs> I'm, I'm actually more with Jasmine on this one than I was. Thank you. Because I did love it. The emotion of the moment and the, and the score hearing Leia's theme played that sweepingly and, and, and the reaction from the crew. Um, I love the shot of her hand just like slowly yes, coming back yes. to life. Like all that stuff is so great, but I am with you. That Literally every the, moment before and choice, after she's flying is great. The yeah. choice to have her body be this like rigid action figure with so its what, arm Would it be better if she like folded her hands behind her and did like a dive bomb into the shit. I don't understand how you <laughs> guys just... want this scene to work. Well, that's I don't want the issue. scene. Is, is, that's I'm the sure thing. That this is the best. I'm sure that this is the best incarnation of it possible. But I think that there's just a there's no way to not make it look a bit silly. But in the moment I can suspend my my disbelief. The thing that I still don't like and you guys are wrong. You told me that I was wrong about this and I was right. And y'all oh. can just take your opinions to the bank pipe and smoke it. <laughs> but the, the cut of her touching the window, gas pouring in the room, and then just cut to her on a cot is not enough for me. Because we see her come back to life, basically. And there's a lot of ways that you can justify. Maybe it was just instinct to hear people lifting their car to save the you know trapped kids or stuff like that. You can justify it, but the thing that is weird is that very harsh cut from her flying through space or pulling herself towards the ship, however you want to describe it, to being a in, in a coma and not seeing a moment of her looking like overwhelmed, like oh, I just you know exhausted my last bit of power. Um, it just that cut is so harsh that it kind of makes it seem like what what. I mean, that, that's yeah, the only but, thing that doesn't work. Like, that I last. She's out in space. I understand why they I know. wanted I somebody new <laughs> to come in to take. I'm just going to keep talking over you because it's the only way I can talk. Good. Um, I understand why they wanted someone new to like take Leia's place for this movie to, uh, you know, make Poe's story uh, go along a little bit further. But um, like, I just feel like Leia didn't do enough. Like she did. She was great in the end and inspiring Poe and all that stuff, but I don't know. I was just, a, I'm still just a little disappointed in what they did with Leia, knowing that she's not going to be a nine. That's well, I, and I think that's the problem is they didn't know she wasn't going yeah, to be a nine. Which, They're like, yeah. hey, don't worry, Carrie Fisher. And yeah. Yeah. Cool they, stuff with your powers. I think it's stuff. also important for Kylo because everything he everything he does after this scene he believes that his mom is dead now yeah so i think that having her float out into space like that and come back i don't know i, I just think that was important as well because it informs everything kylo does after this moment that's that's interesting i hadn't thought about that the thing that i'm 
I mentioned this in Discord, but I don't think I mentioned it in the podcast, is, is, is I'm really intrigued. The thing that's most interesting to me about Episode Nine is that Kylo can't have closure mm. with Leia, and he got to have that closure with Han. He got to yeah. look him in the eyes, and he got to say his little rant, and he got to do that same thing with Luke. But he, if they... Unless they do something like off-screen, like, yep, say goodbye to her, she died off-screen. <laughs> I like the idea that Kylo won't have that closure. Yeah. Like, the way in the original Better Superman movie in 1970, whatever, the movie that changed the world, the way that Pa Kent just dies of a heart attack and Superman can't do anything to save him. I kind of like the idea that, like, Kylo doesn't have any say in whether or not this really important person in his life dies. And that might be a really interesting thing for his character to endure. It's it's also interesting because he did make the choice not to kill her. Like mm -hmm. that scene Speaking of which, that scene is probably one of my favorites in the entire movie. Yeah, that is done really well. The little transition, I'm trying to I, I try to figure out what exactly the transition is every time. It's really morph, interesting. Almost not, but little, it's not really a morph. I don't know. It's yeah. It's not quite. It's like almost uh like a screenplay, but it's not like quite. Fade? It's like fade? a really quick fade in, yeah, fade out. I don't know. It's so cool. Oh, I love that. I love that effect. Good stuff, guys. Um, we're talking about too much stuff we love. This is complaint, complaint. That's right. I was going to say, because the one thing we need to do once we've wrapped up our complaint shelf is we need to go down to the next shelf, which is address. We need we need to complain about the people who aren't complaining but about the movie, but instead complaining about those who complain and who are going a little bit overboard about it, if you ask me, buddy. I'm confused, but I do have one more complaint we can talk about. <laughs> oh, boy. Which right. is Snoke. Oh, oh. okay. Well, people don't like the fact that we didn't learn anything about Snoke mm. and that he was, you know, this he's always all hyped up. By the way, he was hyped up by the audience yeah, and not the movie. The thing that is irritating to me is that, like, the, the movies never presented Snoke as a mystery. Everybody in that movie, in, in The Force Awakens, knew exactly who Snoke was. Luke in The Last Jedi knew who Snoke was. He wasn't like, I wonder who this Snoke guy is. Everybody understands who this man is except for us. But that doesn't mean it's a mystery. It just Can I go means... into the uh, devil's advocate corner for a second? Yes. I was actually going to go there, too, because I, I do think it's it's different because, like, what, what Ryan Johnson will say and, and Pablo Hidalgo and a lot of Lucasfilm people will say is, you know, in, in The Return of the Jedi and the Empire, we didn't know anything about the Empire. It wasn't until the pre – or about the Emperor. We didn't know anything about him until the prequels. And it is different because they're an empire. It makes sense that they have an emperor and he has dark side powers because we didn't really know anything about the four. But because the emperor did exist, the fact that this Snoke guy also exists within a span of 30 years of his death is weird. But I also think that they'll address it in another movie. Or oh, I definitely, yeah, I definitely think they will. But what I would like to say, though, about as far as like seeing the other side of this, because I. I'm fine with it too, for the most part, because I do definitely think we're going to get like a novel or I, I'm really thinking that the new live action series might be like the, the in-between of like Luke's Jedi Academy. That's just my personal wish, which I kind of want to wish into existence. But as far as like the whole Snoke and how all the characters know who he is, in my opinion, I mean, even though like Lawrence Kasdan did write or co-write The Force Awakens, it's almost like these past two movies 
almost were like just a little bit too Kazdany. If you get my drift, and what I why I say that is like it was kind of always his calling card, where he would kind of reference something off screen. He would write in a way that would make like the movie feel bigger than it was because these characters have all this information that we don't have. Kind of like how uh, in the Force Awakens when Finn tells Ray like during the Raftar scene, "Have you heard of the Battle of whatever?" He's like, "No," and he's like, "Good." And so you get that little like kind of backstory in like two sentences. I think they did that almost too much in these past couple movies where these characters know so much that we don't. And the fact that they keep saying it out loud, it it's almost like I can see how it would be distracting for somebody to watch these last two movies. And like, especially like with a character like Snoke, who like it or not, you can't put the sequel trilogy into a vacuum. Like people know about the first six movies and about Palpatine and Snoke is presented to us as the Palpatine like figure of this new trilogy. And of course we didn't know about Palpatine back in the eighties, but just like it's, they should have known a little bit better, I think in the writing of this. And so that's kind of where I would defend someone who got angry about the lack of backstory on Snoke. Like I think they could have done a little bit more or even a little bit less to not present him as such a mystery and having every single character know exactly what this guy's deal is. I don't have that much to say about Snoke. I would like more information on him eventually, but for now, I'm really glad that he's dead. And this kind of goes back to one of the complaints we talked about was people being mad that this isn't about the Star Wars family anymore. Because I felt like this movie could have easily taken it more towards um, who Snoke is and what he's about. And I'm glad that they didn't do that. And instead, they are focusing on the Skywalker line, even though people don't see that because they're blind, I guess. But um, yeah. Are we blind? So I'm glad he's dead and not a part of this trilogy at all. Yeah. It, if they ever release a Snoke book, I'll read it because uh, I have a feeling it's going to tie into Ryan Johnson's new trilogy. But as it stands, I if they never release a Snoke book... I think I'll be okay with that too. He I'm was, more curious he was really good about, in this movie. Yeah, I'm more curious about where he came from mm -hmm. than him himself. Yeah. I think that it's safe to say that he came from the unknown regions. I mean that yeah, that's be the yeah. hints that we well, get. That, They've done everything but explicitly say it. The yeah. aftermath books all but say Snoke is from the unknown regions. Palpatine knew about him and was interested in, in seeking this yeah. entity but everything has to be said explicitly otherwise fans will be upset and then be upset oh my god we missed one of the biggest criticisms of oh, no. but ray being a nobody oh. oh is that really getting criticized i haven't really seen uh, oh it. my gosh yes by so many people oh that's dumb name three i thought people had gotten over <laughs> well, i certainly don't know any in real life but <laughs> I'm totally cool with, with their real people. I'm totally cool with her being a nobody. I I have been on record on our very podcast like, on the Force Awakens it. Okay, as wanting the, her to be a nobody. When the Force Awakens came out, I when Force wanted Awakens her to come be out. come out. I wanted to be a, I wanted her to be a Skywalker. I mean, that was just my first initial reaction, but now that she's her, I'm fine with it. I mean, I don't know. I think the Force Awakens really I think The Force Awakens teased her being a Skywalker I a little see, too much. I don't think it did because there, yeah, are, there are a few things I can't 
process her in my either mind. Being, I, I can't either process. being a Skywalker or a Solo. Someone related to in. I but, think it teased too no. much. But the way she's yeah. treated by it was <laughs> no, no, yes. no, 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 no. Yes, the way she's treated <laughs> by Han and Leia in that movie, I think spells it out that she cannot be a solo or a skywalker how could these two people like if she had her mind erased or something and she doesn't remember han and leia they would certainly remember her they would know that she is their child or luke's but child I, I don't the understand way, the way they talk to her and interact with her really makes you feel like they know um, they At know her is. or know her back. Yes, exactly. I totally and disagree. Yeah, I disagree. You are too. so what? wrong that Riley and Jake have never been more wrong about anything. Yes, in their yes. Life. Daniel, Daniel. Wait, yes, are you with, yes, when Maz asked about Han and Ray, why? Why in the world would Maz ask about Ray? If they had, she says, they tease. That's what I'm saying. Things like this, they tease it way too much. But and it got people talking about that. What does that have to do with being solo? Yeah, I, I don't understand how that's a tease for her being somebody. Like, that Maz would be is just like insane, Ma nonsensical Maz, twist that ever Maz happened. Maz clearly for... has some connection to the Force. Yeah, she just she feels a lot. So she's looking at Han. She feels this girl next to her more, more power than I Luke has ever felt. With these people and what they're saying, I'm saying from the casual standpoint it looks like they teased her being somebody not a nobody which she is literally said to be in this movie but it's such a it's such but a she's, small tease she... i don't think you can be mad at the last jedi for but it's not really not skywalker it's like it's, it's not... <laughs> many points in the movie they're like bb8's like ask ray who she is and or like and she's like big secret me too yeah and then who's yeah. the girl they cut away really god quick. forbid a character but... have a sense of humor and Han, Han just like randomly asked her if he wants to come on board the ship and be your co-pilot. Like, what? What does that the have heck? to do with her identity? Why would he ask Oliver that? He literally just pilot. met the girl. Because she knows more Why? about the ship than she, like, him. Tells him. She tells him stuff about the Falcon that he doesn't even know. Han and Chewie are a loner. Why would they bring in this random girl because to help them they fly like the ship? Her because she's the cool. random ship, random girl flying a ship. That they have flown for their entire lives. And she knows more about need, it and can Why would they need her? They don't need her. They didn't need Luke Skywalker either. You're just mean to Ray, and I don't understand why. <laughs> She's my best friend. All right. Well, me and Isaac, we're best Wrong. buds today. That's the boy. I literally don't know. I didn't know that this was a real conversation because I thought that was yeah. so obvious in the <laughs> me movie. Me too. No, I've said pretty consistently that I wanted her to be. You know, just a nobody, and I, I never. That's I fine never that she's a nobody. Like movie yeah, we're any specific what, hints. We're not. We're not mad that she's not a nobody. We're just stop saying. Being mad, guys. Stop we're being not. so mad that she's a nobody. Why do you hate Lucasfilm so much? I'm gonna. Jake, buddy, you. you just gotta calm down. That's what you gotta do. <laughs> <laughs> Look, guys, Disney is my best friend. I have to defend this mega corporation. One last thing, because what what were, we were going to talk about something else. I forget. Oh, the, yeah, the, the the backlash to the backlash. We're going to talk about that. Yes. But one last thing. The backlash, backlash. We keep on saying one last thing. One last thing <laughs> about the actual backlash. I, to me, so many of the complaints totally missed the point that they were watching a movie. Like, what is the goal of a movie? I don't want to. I don't want to call people cinematically illiterate. I just want to talk about what the goal of a movie is 
to everyone here because obviously a, a studio makes a movie because they want to make money, right? That's everything that drives everything. Um, but the the filmmakers themselves, what are they trying to do with the movie? Are they trying to like, they want it to be good? Do they want it to be like a completely airtight script? I think of, um, I don't know if anyone here has ever seen the movie Primer. Has anybody seen Primer? I don't know what that is. Nope. I know of Primer. Okay. So it's it's a time travel movie, like, told from the point of view as, like, this is something that can actually happen. Here's the science behind it. And if you go through the movie, it's like, sure, it's technically accurate. This is how, if you were going to do time travel, this is what would happen. But it's like it's kind of like reading or watching a science manual it's not very exciting even if it's like mm -hmm. technically correct and you can't find a plot hole in the movie although i'm sure someone has a youtube video on the plot holes in primer but um and what 40 reasons why primer is, <laughs> yeah. is the worst movie of all time i watched it i liked it it was it was interesting to watch once and i have no interest in ever watching it again and it's interesting to me because the the director then went on to make another movie, which is a, a sci-fi movie, but it's like completely the opposite. It's completely dealing with. He made Snowpiercer, right? He made Snowpiercer. No, it's not that guy. Um, oh no, that's a Korean director. I don't remember his name, but oh. this is some American dude. But he went on to make another movie that is completely about emotions and feelings and Inside it's still sci-fi and it's weird. Yes, it's he made Inside <laughs> Out. <laughs> <laughs> but but to me, it's just the point. I think he realized the point of a movie is you, you can have these interesting thought exercises where you get into the hard sci-fi and the plot completely works. But that's that's really not the goal of a movie. I, I go to a movie because I want an experience. And if there's like a weird um, quote unquote plot hole, like the one I use all the time in Dark Knight Rises, where they it's daytime they go through a tunnel in the car chase and it's nighttime things like that don't really matter and to call that a plot hole and something that makes the movie weaker i think is missing the point of what a movie is doing and what it's there to do we're getting into the the cinema sins way of viewing movies which right. is unfortunately like the the, the issue with things issue, like it's machina <laughs> <laughs> Like the um the, the issue with that way of examining movies is that first of all they're they're not correct. Like there's a lot of great videos, 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 videos. YouTuber Sean of Sean and Jen and Bob Vids breaking down why those videos like the sins that they are bringing out like aren't even actually plot holes, but like going to a movie with the intent conscious or not of picking it apart as to whether or not it makes like logical um sense is not really the way movies are meant to be watched and, and by logical sense i mean by nitpicky plot reasons that are separate from like the emotional impact of mm -hmm. the movie like what what cinema sins fundamentally can't seem to understand is like subtext and metaphors and character growth and the fact that characters can make mistakes which isn't the same as the movie making a mistake and nuance of films and i am not saying that people are filmically illiterate but 
You say I filmically illiterate? Filmically I, illiterate. I did. Filmically. <laughs> and uh, there's filmic no... Filmicologically illiterate. There's no way to tell if that's a real word. Um, <laughs> there's, science has Frankly, I don't want to know. To know. <laughs> I just... I, I don't even know why that was the, um, the syllables that fell out of my mouth, but it was. <laughs> um... But I, I think that there is a contingent of people Syllables out there. Syllables that fell out of my mouth, the Jacob Kreitz story. <laughs> that Every week, to me. a new autobiography. <laughs> um, I, 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 there, there's a contingent of people, mostly like YouTube commenters and things, that break down movies in those terms and don't watch movies as human beings because the the funny thing is in real life i haven't talked to any actual people that dislike the movie yeah whether the hardcore fans or casual fans it, it really does seem like it's like this weird i've talked like, to i've talked to a few who have disliked it um not many though uh it's just um it's, it's interesting it's, yeah but they're able to move on with their lives though if they didn't like it <laughs> yes <laughs> they didn't they did that not form a, a rotten tomatoes coalition boycott, coalition whatever <laughs> yeah it, it it is really interesting uh the way that movies and video games are received now yeah uh, it's like there is like some kind of it's almost impossible to know how anybody actually feels about a given piece of media because all you see are the most extreme opinions that make their way to the top of the social media food chain. Well, it, yeah. it, it all has to happen so fast because you have to be the first one to get the clicks. You're the first one who has to get the most likes on your tweet. And so the night of... The, we we did it too, you know. We recorded a podcast the first night that we saw it. But we are part of the problem. Any, heard it here first. No, because we didn't get any likes. It's fine. <laughs> That's true. We didn't get any likes. True enough. <laughs> but you know what? Nobody listens to the show, so it didn't really contribute to the problem. Exactly. There are like a tree in a forest. We didn't know completely how to feel about that movie that first night. Isaac kind of flip flopped because he he was not sure if he liked it on the first night. There were things that I didn't yeah. like that ended up being my favorite. I thought Canto Bite was kind of weak. Um I've completely changed my opinion. I think Canto Bite is great now. So you can't you a movie like this, which is maybe different from it's certainly different from the original Star Wars where I think you can watch that come out of it and know exactly how you feel about it. This movie required a little bit more thought, and I don't think people gave it that thought. I know what I wanted to say about that. I'm sorry. If, if anybody else wants to talk first, they can go ahead because I just talked. Who talks first? You talk first? I'm done. Hey, Star Wars. Star Wars. <laughs> the, the, the thing that I wanted to say was that, like, part of the issue seems to be, and what's interesting, Red Letter Media in their review of The Jedi kind of poked fun at the fan backlash of the movie while at the same time contributing to the backlash and also poked fun at people who think that like Ray is a Mary Sue while also being part of the contingent that said the same thing. And one of the things it's almost like their entire brand is hating things and getting clicks because they are only spewing negativity. <laughs> it was a little bit like that. And they are also part of the contingent of Disney 
there's no art in Star Wars anymore. It is just a big conglomerate. Um, the fandom and like Star Wars celebration is like a cult, they say in their review, which is actually not that far off from the truth. But they basically feel like these movies are made by committees and that there's no artistic value to them. And I think that part of the hatred of this movie is from people who, once the sale was made to Disney, they felt like, okay, well, Lucas is gone. There's no longer a creative voice to these movies. They're just factory-made things to sell action figures and Star Wars-themed toilet paper and stuff. And what, whereas the, the reality has been, the like, Ryan Johnson got to write and direct this movie with no interference, he has said, from Disney. And so I think people don't give it the time of day. People don't think that it's, that there's any artistic value to it and then therefore don't dig into it deeper because they assume that there is no deeper artistic value. Yeah, if I can, like, I need a... Truth, because this is probably the most artistically created Star Wars movie we've gotten. They're just... They don't, I know. don't want to yeah. think that. To say that Star Wars has become about selling toys is kind of ridiculous when Star Wars kind of started yeah, to sell toys. Yeah, you're 40 years too late <laughs> on that take pretty yeah. much. Merchandising rights were part of the pitch for like the... <laughs> you know, right. What I was thinking about though was like, I think episode eight in particular, as I watch this movie more and more, I think I can, from what I see on screen of these three movies so far, I feel like this one has like the loudest director's voice where, I mean, it feels like, I mean, Ryan Johnson is talking to me like throughout this movie. I mean, it's, if someone wants to say that a committee did this or whatever, also I'm going to harp this until like every person on earth, like understands this, that it's not Disney who is dictating to the creators of star Wars, what's going to happen. Like I'm sure Disney is like the ultimate like dam at the end of the river, but uh, it, it is po like Poe dam or in, but it's, it's Lucasfilm. It's Kathleen Kennedy. It's the story group who are going to be the most actively involved with Ryan Johnson. And the fact that, ugh, I don't know, it just, you know what grinds my gear, guys, is this. The, <laughs> when you talk about Star Wars, like, yeah, Disney did da-da-da-da-da. Disney did nothing. They bought the company, and they make a lot of money off of it. But I think Disney understands that a lot of good products are a result of them not hovering over creators' shoulders. Yeah, like Kathleen Kennedy is the president of this film. She replaced George Lucas. She didn't replace Bob Iger from Disney. Like, she is the person. She's the new George Lucas. So the movie that you're seeing, I've said this on other podcasts, but I think that the, the thing that I do hear a lot to get into another complaint is that this trilogy, that they, nobody planned it out. Not this trilogy. They're just making it up as they go along. They're just letting these filmmakers come in here and just do whatever they want. As if that wasn't the way it was always being done. <laughs> and also, at some point in any story ever, somebody has to make a decision about where the story goes next. So whether you plan it out 20 years ahead of time or one year, it's planned out before you start shooting. It's not like every day they go in and be like, ah, I don't know, Ray is in the gunner seat, uh, the Falcon. Like they plan it out a long time before they start shooting the movie and work out the kinks. It's at some point the story has to be written down and told. They just yeah. don't seem to like the fact that they started episode seven with the knowledge of where episode nine was going to end. But if you watch any television show that, that is intricately plotted, they'll tell you they don't think about the end of a show when they start the show. They 
do it maybe a season at a time or even an episode at a time. Yeah, I was going to speak to your point, Jake, like, and also just the fact that people who think that whatever notion they have of how the power structure works at Lucasfilm, in the art of book, there's a specific section during the candle bite section where they were talking about like the overall design of the planet. And like one day, like Kathleen herself, like came in and was looking at like storyboards and she like gave them specific direction because she said the Canto Bite didn't look Star Warsy enough. And so like she is like she's the like the last stopgap. So she has the authority to come in and say, guys, like so Ryan Johnson, it sounds like, is the one who comes in and says, I want it to look like this. And so they draw stuff and Ryan can okay it. But then Kathleen can also say, guys, this needs to look a little bit more like Star Wars. This needs to happen. This needs to happen. And so she is what is like where the buck stops. Like there was never mention in this book of Mr. Disney stepped into the room and said, I need you to give this Jedi uh, mouse ears at some point so that we can sell it to Pixar loving audiences. Um, well, the backlash of the backlash is annoying, and I hope that we're not a part of it. Because... Are we a part of it right now, or, or are we like the third iteration of the backlash? Oh, no. <laughs> we're, we're, we're third wave backlash. <laughs> Describe your musical sound. Well, we're third wave backlash. Well, how much more do you guys have to say about the backlash? It sucks, like, that you have to d try and defend everything Disney does. Like, I, oh, I don't, do I don't personally agree with most of the complaints I've seen towards this movie, but I will defend to my death your right to say them. Like, like <laughs> it's it's Whoa. ridiculous to try and, and defend this movie or explain why everyone, like, I've totally just given up with trying to defend this movie to most people because it's just you know whatever if they didn't like the movie that's fine it's not on me to try and make them like this movie i like the movie i'm going to continue liking the movie and i don't need you to like the movie it's just so weird that it feels like everyone who didn't like the movie is so adamant about why the movie was so bad it, it feels weird and a little sad it, it it is but it is also annoying the amount of people who can't just live their lives happily and just kind of ignore the haters. Like they feel like I, there are a group of people that it is almost like star Wars is their religion and it's kind of creepy and it's freaking me out. And I need to get off Twitter because it's starting to really make me sad, but it is like when somebody confronts something about star Wars it is as if their very faith is, is being put to the test and challenged. And that is not the right way to view a movie, even if you love it a lot. Just live your life like a thing. Now, this is ironic to say on a podcast where we talk about movies and defend them all the time. <laughs> <laughs> live your but, life, move on, start a podcast. The thing is, like, it's like the, the unfortunate part is the people like the backlash to the backlash is, and this is the way it works in any walk of life being it like politic politics, economics, religion, whatever. It's like the, the divide, geography, the algebra, geometry, AP English. <laughs> but the thing, as we list different classes that we can take in uh, our freshman <laughs> year of college, what I want to say is that the, the, the divide always grows when you have a contingent of people who feel one way and the contingent who feel the other way and the contingent that feels that they are the most, I don't know what I want to say in this instance, but okay. In this instance, the people who like last Jedi, <laughs> the Isaac they, story, 
what are you going to do, buddy? Um, <laughs> they've taken the stance of, like, they need to explain to the commoners, like, the genius behind this in the most condescending way possible. And, of course, that always helps an angry person to pat them on the head and tell them, like, one day you'll understand, like, how smart I am, buddy. Like, <laughs> we all know that that is the best way to approach a problem is to be as high and mighty as possible, like, holding your opinion because you thought more about it and because you've watched more movies. Yeah, nobody talks as human beings anymore. And that's with anything in the world, as you just said, algebra. Or dancers, for that matter. Politics, dancers, humans. Dancer. Um, Or dancer. Does anyone talk as dancer anymore? Are we (laughs) talking dancer to dancer? Even if their signs are vital, it's hard to say. But I'm on my knees looking for the answer, and what I'm trying to say is that I lost my thought in all the bits. (laughs) Well... (laughs) Conversation gets shut down so quickly. If you don't like something, you have to immediately decide you don't like that thing and you're not open to discussing it. Um, it, And it happens for like some innocuous reasons too. Like I can be making a point that would totally change your mind about a certain scene in The Last Jedi. But, you know, if you find out that I'm a fan of, I don't know, something something like like a, a the website polygon i don't know why that came to my mind but but that's the kind of thing where someone someone would find out oh he likes polygon well i don't have to listen to his opinion on this because obviously he's an idiot and it just gets shut down so quickly i like polygon well yeah well there you anyway, go so you're, you're shutting I, me down i'm, just, I'm totally <laughs> kidding um i have zero opinion on polygon the there you go. the thing is um God, I keep wanting, once I have to start talking, I keep forgetting what I'm trying to say. Riley, anytime you talk, I remember, and then I can't say it. So just start talking. That's what it feels like to be me, okay? So Jasmine has talked for a while. (laughs) (laughs) Who's there? Jasmine, would you like to give a little backlash to the backlash about the backlash? Darn it, I actually. You know, I'm so lost now. Just go back to Jake. (laughs) Jake, talk quick. Um, I forget again. No. (laughs) Peace out. The thing that is also concerning to me once again take us with a grain of salt given the fact that we have a star wars podcast but i don't think that uh, we're ever going to be famous and i don't think we get ourselves into thinking that we would be but there is also i tend to sense sometimes some ulterior motives behind the defense of these movies and that's what's bumming me out is get hired to write a star wars book yes like i love this movie and i think that it's okay to love a thing and if you want to defend it that's okay but like at a certain point what are you gaining from defending a movie on the internet well if you write for starwars.com and um other magazines and are trying and are a writer yourself and want to get a book deal oh maybe if you're prominent enough and you suddenly get the eye of some people at Lucasfilm, you might get a book deal. Or if you already write for Nerdist or you write for other uh, kind of pop culture outlets and you get recognized enough, ooh, you might get some kind of – you might get on the Star Wars show or you might get to write for StarWars.com or your podcast might get popular enough where you can go to Star Wars Celebration and have a panel. And it's kind of – that's what's kind of despicable to me. Is that Two. despicable the me? Thing, well, and that's what I'm really trying to say. Is that the movie <laughs> despicable 
predicted all of this. <laughs> and this movie uh, is great, and everyone should talk about minions all the time. They're very funny. Ditto, um, buddy. That's it. That uh, it's basically like, why can't we just like things and talk in real life as human beings to real people and not just yell at each other on the internet? Well, it's because some people have something to gain from yelling on the internet about things, and that that's been the thing that's caused me to be really cynical lately is seeing the uh, the seams of that starting to show. Yeah, exactly. Especially it is. Like, you I might I have think... to cut that out. I don't know. <laughs> I hope we don't. I love it. I don't care. <laughs> love every word of it. But uh, what it is like, it's it is unfortunate now. I do think it's amplified now that we're doing a podcast because b- before this, it was like all you could do was just kind of like listen to what other people had to say. But now that we're the ones actually doing this, I don't, I don't know. It, it's just kind of like a different vantage point, even though you know, like. But it's sad, though, when you're the one listening to something and you can't find anyone saying anything positive. Like, everyone is just complaining and everyone wants to do their own thing and get famous. And you can tell, and it doesn't sound genuine. Which is, you know what, I think we're pretty genuine around here. I think so, too. I mean, after that rant. (laughs) I was going to say, like, I like to think that at this point we're, like, actively trying not to get... Or like Lucasfilm's favorite, like we're trying to like, even we them, like make it a backhanded compliment. There I like remember when D'Angelo Vickers came in to be manager at Dunder Mifflin, and like everyone kept trying to get on his good side. He's like, "Hey man, don't thank me, don't thank me." Like he kept like just yelling at them, even though he was complimenting them. We're, we're kind of doing that right now to Lucasfilm. We don't want yeah, them to so figure we, us out. We don't want them to like us. No. When I, the thing when I say the Last Jedi right. is the best Star Wars movie, it's because I actually feel that i don't think uh kathleen kennedy is gonna listen and give me a job well and people who feel this way and, and who do do the things that we're complaining about right now and who are out there like in the same breath as they say their star wars opinion they're like also check out my youtube channel and this article i wrote and give me some clicks so i can get more money it's like uh, they would never admit that that's their motive but i think that there's a subconscious connection there and i don't think it's wrong for people to make money i don't think it's wrong to promote your stuff if no. you are doing stuff on the internet but you I sacrifice do think it's shady. seriously yes and because what we have seen a lot of podcasts that like me and isaac who listen to a lot of podcasts i think we've seen podcasts that we used to listen to a lot become shills they've become outlets where Hey, if we we sure we talk about action figures and stuff and trading cards, but if you listen, we are now sponsored by them, so we can get you a promo code and you can get some free trading cards if you listen to our podcast. <laughs> and it's just like, what is everything becoming now? Everything is becoming a product that is to be bought and sold. Also, go to tpublic.com and buy our t-shirts. <laughs> 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 true that buddy yeah it is like it, it is weird it is definitely different was because even like when i first got into star wars podcasting like i would go back and I'd listen to people's episodes from like 2012 2013 and it really was just such a different <laughs> game back then it is like it's like once you it's just like anything else i mean we're, we're, we're talking like a bunch of hipster doofuses right now but it's like a, yeah. a, a band once they get noticed i mean it's there's there's a, a market change in their sound and sometimes you can still roll with that but especially with like podcasts it's like there are some that i listen to especially when you get into like some of like the uh like 
national public media shows like some have like really good content but you have to sit through like three minute commercial breaks and it's kind of into right. that point with star wars podcasts where even if the content is good the fact that you have to sit through like nine star wars card trader commercials is getting a little bit much it's like i don't care if people start making money off of their passion that's great but i i'm and i'm not necessarily saying stop doing it but i'm saying where is the line at what point is your integrity compromised? Because well, I, I just saw somebody recently who was called out on Twitter for this. They were called out for being like, okay, you're saying all these things, defending Star Wars, but you're on the payroll. So why would I care about what you say? And they're like, I'm not on the payroll. And the person's like, you write for StarWars.com and Star Wars Insider. And they're like, well, that doesn't mean I'm on the payroll. And it's like, that literally does. <laughs> you write for something that is officially sponsored by Star Wars, you're on the payroll. I don't care what you say. You may be freelance. You may not get you may get paid three dollars. So if you your say something first. wrong, you know you're risking getting cut from them and you don't want to risk that. Exactly. If you make them mad, you're done. Like David Collins, I don't care if we talk about this. Like he was the best, right? Like we we talked about him like on the first episode of our show. We love Star Wars Oxygen. Great content. He broke down John Williams music in a really fantastic way. And that show became really popular because it was so insightful and good and just genuinely like well-made content. And I hate the fact I'm using the word content, but anyway, <laughs> David Collins got recognized. He was already affiliated with Lucasfilm because he wrote music for uh, LucasArts and stuff. Well, then he suddenly became like the red carpet host guy like he was on the red carpets interviewing celebrities and then he was like a host of star wars celebration and then he was talking about how he didn't know if he could release the panel he did at star wars celebration now suddenly oxygen is gone and it's like well it's almost as if they're either not allowed or strongly encouraged against putting themselves out there because they they don't want to lose the cool gig they now have and i get that but it's like they're on the payroll. That's what that is. Hey, this has been a bummer. Let I, me say too, if Star Wars Card Trader wants to sponsor our podcast, I will. Uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll forgo everything I just said. To be honest, yeah, yeah, if, I'll if sell out sponsor, in a minute. Yeah, if a single sponsor wants to come on our show and give us money, we will shill your product every minute of the show. It'll be an hour but long show. To be serious about something hilarious, though, like we have all listened to podcasts that can incorporate like their like ads in their sponsorships in a way that makes it feel part of the show and yes. not like let me like or not literally like having a commercial like where you just like read copy in the most bland voice possible for three minutes yeah this, that's the, i think the difference is because i i love um hollywood handbooks one of my favorite shows and their ads are brilliant they incorporate it with the show they have running continuity that happens in the ads. They oftentimes are making fun of the product actively in the ads and talking about how they're not even good, but they still do ads on the show. The difference is their ads are for Harry's Razors and, you know, Audible.com. They're not for uh, Hollywood or whatever that would even be because they're a satire show, kind of making fun of it. And the difference is people who are then becoming sponsored by Star Wars affiliated products are doing a show about the product to begin with. So it's like right. if we were doing a audible.com podcast, but we weren't sponsored by them, and we were just talking about how much we love Audible. But then all of a sudden, Audible 
uh, sponsors us and the tone of the show changes, it's kind of hard to imagine what that would even be. It's mm-hmm. a weird scenario I just made up. Let's start an audible podcast. <laughs> I, love that <laughs> I love that idea so much and I want us to do it. I like how we uh, have managed to just make ourselves like the most insufferable anti-establishment millennials <laughs> here in the last 15 or 20 minutes. I, honestly, I love it. I've been it's thinking fun. The minute that we said that we were going to do a complaint, complaint episode, I started thinking about this and I was legitimately bummed out like all week because I was thinking about all this stuff and I was like, that's what made me start to think like, I think I might just not even want to do the show anymore because I, I hate this so much <laughs> and I, I'm not going to do that. I'll do it still. <laughs> sure, guys, I'll, I'll do the show. But <laughs> it took I, a lot to convince please, you. please, don't go. <laughs> Jake, Ever please, don't, don't, leave. don't leave Jake. The Jacob Christ story. <laughs> um, I, but that really did bum me out. And maybe we're being overly cynical. And of course we are, oh, because who cares about Star Wars podcasts? Who cares what people <laughs> on their podcasts, which are free, want to do? That's really, the other side. They're I really free. don't know why I care. I don't listen to any Star Wars podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the thing, is it's like anytime anybody says anything negative about Star Wars, one of the podcasts or some Star Wars fandom personality will jump on it and be like, here's why you're an idiot. And then everybody else in that community jumps on it and is like, have you seen this garbage? Who else has seen this filth? And then they all jump on it. And it's the same kind of dogpiling, gatekeeping mentality. Guys, is it but, like this in any other community? I'm sure it is. I'm just like, I'm I'm sure know, like, like to a certain extent. I'm not in like, the Harry uh, Potter community, mm-hmm. but I'm sure it's the same. <laughs> like Marvel. Marvel. I want to know if Marvel has this type of reaction. No. Which seems weird not. to me because they're such a huge company and just like I don't know. To me, the it seems like they're as like there's nothing interpreted like Star Wars. And... Well, that's I know. The... You know I think Star like Wars this... is kind of a unique beast. The only thing is like yeah, Star Trek. Beast. <sighs> Trek is like this, but the fans Trek? are Trek was yeah. like this. I, yeah. no, I don't know. If it it's is. like it again now that oh. Discovery is on. Ah, uh, that's oh. true. Discovery. I forgot about I haven't Discovery. Watched that. But it's kind of like um, you, you're sitting on a dock all day waiting for a sailboat, and one sailboat goes by, and you're like, ah, that stupid sailboat. And the, but like with Star Wars, it's like a whole fleet of ships is constantly <laughs> fighting. Flighting down. Flighting down. I can't talk anymore. You know what it's kind of like is, if we're going to talk about sports right now, is it's kind of like <laughs> we learned. college football is my favorite sport. It has the <laughs> shortest season of any of like the, the major sports. And it's like, it's super parochial. And it's like, it's a lot of like small communities with really big football teams like Tuscaloosa, Alabama is home to like the highest profile team in the nation. And so you get like this tiny little cluster of like the main event of the season and then the rest of the time around that is spent just like clamoring for the next thing and like yelling at the other people who don't like you. It, it, it It's not a one-to-one comparison definitely, but it is, it is like kind of any other fandom where you get like the crazies come out and just like people get very irrational over something that really doesn't matter or affect them personally. You know, college and pro football is kind of the only comparison to Star Wars fandom. <laughs> That's why they always play the yeah, trailers kinda. during football games. There you go. Hey, we're putting it together ball, today. Right. But yeah, I, it, it's it's funny. Like I've was been thinking too, Jake, about how like I when I first got into like when, when you first figure out that there's like a, a big community around Star Wars, like between podcasts and 
the websites and the blogs and the Twitters and stuff, like you get kind of excited and you you follow stuff. And I really got to say, I feel like before the Force Awakens come out, like it was a <laughs> lot better. Like it was yes. not as oh yeah catty. It wasn't as insufferable. But it, it was like, as, did you say catty? Because that's what I would say. It that, was not yes. as catty either. It's yeah, exactly what I said. But yeah, it's just. <laughs> well, it's, I said it too. Thanks, buddy. Simpatico. Um, Simcatico. <laughs> some patty cat <laughs> but it is like it, it's really gotten to the point lately where like i'm kind of evaluating like really if i just want to like be cold turkey just doing like watch the movies read the books and do the podcast because i think i really would be a lot happier ultimately if i did that hey, but for I some am. reason you know what yeah. you, sound, you sound happy right now you're the one not complaining <laughs> right now jasmine yeah you've said nothing this whole time because you have nothing to say because your life's happy yeah, pretty much. <laughs> People who are happy talk less. That's probably true. <laughs> huh. Wait a minute, I'm happy. What's that? Hmm. But yeah, it, it's are. like it's Christina, I love you. <laughs> I'm cutting that out. It is kinda it, it's sad <laughs> no. though. It is kinda sad though, because like I I, I I enjoyed like all like the the tweets and the, the podcasts and that kind of variety in voices. But it is like it's become like anything else where like, okay, now that we're a big enough community, everyone pick sides and everyone get your sponsorships in order and everyone just kind of like subscribe to your talking points and now go. I I think what happened is that podcasts started to come more into the public eye around the time that The Force Awakens started building, come out, I should have said. (laughs) And those two things colliding meant that a lot of people were searching, huh, I wonder if there's any Star Wars podcast. And then the ones that were there got really, really popular and then got a lot more sponsorship and a lot more notice. And then all the things that we just talked about happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Boy, this like... is as frank as we've ever been on this show. This is the conversation that we always cut out. I love it. But uh, it's, it's it like, too. this is like our generation's iteration of what like the prequels were, because do you think it'd be any different if like the prequels came out in 2018? Like if Phantom Menace came no. out and there was Twitter and podcasts, like it would be the same sort of bloodbath, even though The Force Awakens was not nearly as divisive as The Phantom Menace was. It still <laughs> no. had the, the backlash and the overly mansplainy Twitter accounts and I think that uh, that also contributes to like the rose-colored glasses we all have for the original trilogy. So I think we've talked about it before, where like the original trilogy came out, and you talked about it with your friends on the playground, and then you played Star Wars with toys, and then you just kind of went about your business, and all you really had were kind of like your own thoughts on the movie and the thoughts of those closest to you, and the arguments that you had, you had them like face to face, and not with some faceless like troll blogger sixty-two on whatever message board or Twitter. And so it's just, it was such a different if environment. You, had an opinion, you couldn't get paid for it. You know, I yeah. think I must have had the best Star Wars experience then because I was in my own little artsy fan fiction Star Wars community. No one cared anything about anything and they just made up their own stuff and it was great and everyone loves Star Wars. So it's like, that's really, like the hippie movement. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, was, yeah. I think that we found the key to all this is just not caring, which is something that Star Wars fans I feel have a hard time with sometimes. <laughs> I don't even Jasmine care about this no conversation anymore. Oh, I, can tell. Yeah, I, I, think, I think we got to wrap it up. I think I Jake and I are having the time of our lives right now, and the other two are just kind of waiting for this to be over. This is a, uh, this is a highlight of my life right now, talking about this <laughs> Darn podcast, dude, hey, podcast. Hey, buddy, anytime you want to grab an old soda pop and talk about <laughs> the uh, 
the horrors of Star Wars fan communities. Buddy, I'm your boy. <laughs> Isaac lives in the year 1935. <laughs> I really do. In more ways than you think. <laughs> I don't know what that means. And you never will. Guys, if you want to communicate with Grand Moff Talkin' in ways other than the way you're listening to our show right now. I have a feeling we may get more communication than we after this episode. I sure hope so. We may not be on Twitter for much longer. <laughs> we may not have five stars for much longer. <laughs> Please talk to at Riles Bowman and at uh, Jazz underscore Camille because they'll be nice about the Star Wars fan community. Wait, that, that's my name. That's Are my you name. Sure? At Jazzy underscore Brock at Jazzy. Sure. That's my name. You know what, guys? Good find her on Twitter. Dinner. Have fun. And if you want to talk to at Jacob Kreitzer at Irek and yell at them about your perceived faults in the stars of the podcast community, <laughs> of the fan community at large, talk to us on Twitter. Otherwise, go to GrandmaTalking.com where you can see uh, episode synopsis from like six months ago. It's great fun over there. <laughs> and also... Here's the thing. The Discord people, we love you. If you listen to Grandma talking, you make good podcast choices. Otherwise, we can't speak for you. I made a bad <laughs> podcast choice. Don't be like we me. We did kind of have this attitude of uh, we're the good podcast, which probably isn't true. Oh, it's definitely probably. true. If you'd like Hard to join to our Discord where the only good Star Wars discussion goes on, then please request at Riles Bowman. He'll direct you in the way. Mm-hmm. And if he gets off of Twitter here at some point, nah, I, I can't get speak off. for I'll, his life. I'll stay on Twitter just so that I can send you a Discord invite. You know what, guys? There you go. Do you want any other customer service beyond that in your Star Wars life? I would say you wouldn't, and I pray that you don't. And so, with that being said, I would like to think that this has been another delicately curated long-form discussion of the International Beloved Star Wars Saga, tailored to the modern fanatic, tailored to the modern Star Wars community, who we are at odds with right now. And it has been (laughs) brought to you lovingly in this weekly interim by the loquacious yet soothing voices of your hosts, Riley. Hey. Jaysman. Jake. I'm sorry. And Isaac is the last one to say he's sorry. Goodbye, guys. Here in the post credits. We had a complaint complaint, I think, or maybe just a complaint from a listener, Daniel, DG, Dark Knight, something. Do you, what did you want to say, Daniel? Why, hello there. Hi. This is Daniel. You can find me at Dark Knight DG on Twitter. Wow, promoting. <laughs> Thanks for having me on the show. <laughs> hey, Star Wars fan. Uh, yes, I have multiple complaints, but, you know, as we all do. Pick your um, favorites. My favorites are, um, I thought when I reviewed you on iTunes, I would get my own episode, and um, <laughs> oh, we did forget to no. t- we, we forgot did. to dedicate. There was episode. no dedication. <laughs> I feel so undedicated right now. Um, you know, you'll have the next one, but you'll have to share it with a I don't know. There's so many things in Last Jedi that I absolutely loved that I've heard angry people saying mean things about and so which people are free to not like things i'm fine with that but the degree of just scorn for some of the stuff i'm like really it does doesn't really read with me of course i think that's what most of this episode was about so you know so was there any that we didn't talk about oh yeah
No, I, I mean, there were so many things in it that when I first saw it, I was like, I've been waiting all my life to see that. It was like, like the, the Leia scene. Yes, it was a bit fairy godmother-esque, but like I said, when I, I walked out of the theater, it was uh, the Thursday night that it came out. I was like teeth chattering because it was cold, but also because I was like, I've waited all my life to see that. That was, she finally used the force. And even if, even if RJ is saying she's not technically a Jedi, which we know that because otherwise she would be, you know, Jedi, Jedi Knight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but the fact that she actually used the force on, on screen, I was like, I've waited all my life ever since you knew she was his sister and they were connected and everything. I was like, yes. But uh, I'm with you. It's a great scene, best scene of all time, best looking scene of all time. Well, maybe not there, but <laughs> I was like, it wasn't perfect. But it, it was it was something I'd waited for. The other thing was uh, what I'd always said was the Snoke throne room scene when he's like he's turning the lightsaber. Every every time I watched Return of the Jedi, when the fact that Luke can pull the lightsaber to him across the room i was always like okay if he can pull the lightsaber to him why couldn't he just like turn it on and flip it at him <laughs> so i well, for years thought i was like why don't you like turn it on and flip it at him of course you know then there's other other issues but i was like the fact that they actually did it that way i was like yes <laughs> there you go best movie of all time we're all in agreement <laughs> Yes. Um, well, Daniel, thank you for coming on the show. You made it to the post credits, even though we promised you'd be in the main show. We're liars. We're the worst podcast, yep. but mm -hmm. we're glad you could join us. Thank you. <laughs> uh, I guess now we're going to go to some bloopers. I don't know. What's happening here? This is a long episode. I got to go. I got to yeah, start editing this stop. thing. Can I interest you in a Brian Young thread about how Attack of the Clones makes Empire a better film? Sure can't. <laughs> Bye. Oh, God. I... Isaac, you can't do those noises. Yeah, I'm done. I promise. The last bite, you know how you like you shove it all in and you kind of. I swear he's like slurping around. his pizza. Yeah, it sounds like you're <laughs> slurping through a pizza straw. Well, how do you slurp your pizza? <laughs> I don't. I saw this specific. Can we better page. now? That one sentence was great. Okay, oh, but done. uh. Aww. <laughs> Hello. Hey, Jake's back. Maybe. Is he though? I can hear you guys. Oh. oh that's a thousand <laughs> times worse. It's worse? Is that even usable content? Because that was literally four people screaming. I, I thought that was we'll great. See. We'll see how it didn't work out. better be We actually put it in many more times than it actually happened in the show. Oh, Shan missed it. We have to put it in now. <laughs> now we have to put it in our Ray talk. It's just us yelling at each other for ten minutes. Um, I loved it. Yeah. Riley, did you know... So you like Star Wars? Wars? What, let's all, let's all talk over each other at the same time. It'll sound wait, really great. Wait, wait, wait. What? Wait. Great thing. So here's the thing. <laughs> 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 yeah. Ironic.
Um, um, anyway. So, <laughs> okay. I gotta recompose myself here now. Like John Williams. Yes. The so, oh my gosh. Alright, now we're just back in the living room. I'm having flashbacks, and I'm gonna, like... <laughs> okay, yeah. so... Oh my gosh! <laughs> okay. So I just want to point out I haven't interrupted oh you once. Oh my gosh! <laughs> good, good, 